Hey guys, welcome in. This is Brad with College Sportscast. We're going live tonight. I've got a couple of guys that's going to come on with me. And we're going to do an interview. And we're going to preview the UK versus Gonzaga college basketball game on Sunday. Um, And... Josh Link is on with me, and I should have John Hammonds joining me as well, and we're excited to have Josh on with us. Josh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. I got you. All right. All right, man. I'm doing a live, so I thought I'd do it this way tonight, <clears throat> and I'm kind of waiting on Hammonds as well, so... But I sent him an invite as well. So, sure. Um, so, tell me a little bit about yourself, Josh, and what you do. And um, I know you. Do, I know you have a podcast, New Bloods. Yeah, yeah, New New Bloods podcast. Um, you know, you can find us on all major platforms. Um, and we do like uh, you know spaces on Twitter occasionally. We also run stuff on uh, Playback.tv/newbloods where we commentate on live games. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a huge college basketball head. Uh, I've been a fan of the sport for my entire life. Uh, Zag fan since the early '90s before they were ever big time. Um, I'm from Washington State originally, but uh, live in Arizona now. Right. Live in Arizona? Yep. Yeah, I used to live in uh, in Louisville, Kentucky for about 15 years also, though. Oh, really? Yes, sir. All right. 15 years. That's a long time. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, My uh, most of my kids were born there, got married to my wife there, you know. Okay. So, so where you live at in Arizona? Uh, Tucson now. Tucson? Yeah. Okay. And do you do some writing for Gonzaga, or you just have the podcast? Yeah, I used to run a website called Zagaholic.net. Uh, we, we're not really writing anything this year, just, uh, you know, with time constraints and job and all that, it, it didn't really afford me the opportunity to continue writing. But um, I ca- occasionally I will write something for newsletter, college basketball newsletters or for friends uh, for their, you know, various college basketball websites. Okay, and how long have you been doing the writing? Uh, I've been writing since 2008 or so. Okay. Uh, yeah, so quite a while. All right. Well, John Hammonds has joined us now. John, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, buddy. How you doing? Hey, man. We're doing a live. Of- so, quick question. How do you say your last name? It's uh, Linky. Linky. I thought it was Link, but it's Linky, right? Linky. Yeah, most people think the E is silent, but, yeah, it's it's Linky. Okay. I wasn't sure either. I was saying Link, so. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to make sure, too, really. Sure. Um, so we got a big game coming up this weekend with uh, UK versus Gonzaga. And just so you know, I- I'm going to lay this out there, and you probably already know, but John and I are UK fans, so I just want to lay that out. Yeah. 
That's all good. Yeah. I interact with a lot of Kentucky fans on Twitter. Well, so. you, you said you lived in Louisville for 15 years, so you have you have to know a lot of UK fans, I would think. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I still have long time you know uh, friends from from that area. Big big UK fan friends, big Louisville fan friends too. Right. Well, John, I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to let you kind of start out any question you have for him and, and go from there. All right. Um, let me ask you a quick question from a Gonzaga standpoint. What do you think it, you think is the issue right now compared to other Gonzaga teams that you see? Yeah, so uh, we're, we're kind of struggling a little bit with the youth of the roster. Um Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman are both sophomores, but they played very sparingly last year. So in a lot of ways, um, they're kind of going through their freshman lumps, if you will, um, with their playing time so far. Um, and, you know, part of it, too, is Malachi Smith, who was a really highly rated transfer out of Chattanooga and one of my favorite players over the last couple of years. Um, he's just had, uh, you know, he has to integrate into the system and it takes time for some of these guards to you know, come together and play as one. We expected some lumps in the non-conference season this year. And I think, I think you'll see, we'll probably lose another game or two at least um, over the next couple of weeks, because, you know, we have a murderer's row of games coming up, Kentucky, Baylor, potentially Duke, uh, maybe Purdue, West Virginia, Washington, Alabama. So, you know, there's, there's going to be some more opportunities for the team to kind of, struggle through some things and figure out concepts and, and rotations. Um, right now, I think Mark is really trying to figure out exactly which uh, which guy he wants to be the primary ball handler. I think he wants it to be Nolan Hickman um, for good reason, because he has probably the best um, natural skills at that position. But, you know, Regier Bolton did, did that in the Big 12 with Iowa State. Um, he did that in the Big 10 with Penn State. Um, so he had a chance, he's had a chance to run offenses before. And Malachi Smith also is a primary ball handler at times with Chattanooga as well. So, you know, we have some options there, but, you know, really at the end of the day, it's, it's a matter of we need to stop turning the ball over. Uh, we need to uh, take better care of our passing and, you know, make sure that we're tightening, tightening up on defensive sets and, and, you know, not over hedging, not giving guys too much space on the perimeter. Uh, where they can get hot and go off. Well, one thing I want to ask you about is, you know, you was talking about Mark Few and, and y'all's murderous row schedule. Um, he really has started scheduling, you know, quite quite heavy in the out-of-conference um, part of the schedule for you guys. And, you know, I, I wanted to know kind of what you think about that, what the schedule looks like for you guys. Yeah, it's, you know, every season, uh, because our, our conference schedule is not the strongest in the world, we have to front load our schedule with as many big time programs as we can. And, and, you know, part of that is testing out the team, seeing, you know, what we can do against tough competition. But also part of it is, is, you know, trying to earn the right to continue to be a top ranked pl uh, team in, in the tournament every single season. Um, because you don't get those opportunities in the WCC. You know, St. Mary's is a quality program. They're, you know, top 40, top 30 team most years. Uh, BYU's been up there, you know, in recent years as well. 
but um, that's about it. You don't really have much else as far as top-level competition right. in the league. And, Saint, and to be quite honest, even though St. Mary's has had a, a you know, a, I would say above-average, you know, uh, program, their highest seed probably is around seven or something like that in the tournament. I think they had a five-seed at one point, but yeah, it's not usually a, a really high seed and they don't make the tournament every season. Right. But um, when they do, they're usually, you know, they, they're, they're somewhere in that, I guess you said five has probably been their highest, uh, or, you know, but you know, they're usually in that seven range or somewhere around there. seems like most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Even when they have the better season. Right. Right. All right, Hammond, you got another question for John? Well, and, and I was noticing, you know, Gonzaga likes to push it, um, you know, tempo-wise. Right. And I think that that's going to benefit both teams come Sunday because Kentucky likes to run too. And yeah. I think this game could be in the 80s, maybe the 90s. It's just, to me, I watched the game against Texas the other night, and I feel like Timmy has no help. Um do you, do you, you get you get what I'm saying? Um, they, they're not gonna they're gonna they're wanting to depend on him the whole time, but somebody else is gonna have to step up because Timmy can't do it all by himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Timmy Timmy's definitely the number one, um, you know, piece on on the team. He's you know one of the favorites for national player of the year. Has been you know an All American stuff like that. Um, and, you know, as far as what we're trying to run, you know, as far as getting him down low, make, getting him to the looks that he needs to be able to go off in the paint, you know, that that's part of it. But also Texas played the game plan perfectly. They denied everything on the perimeter for us. They made it exceedingly tough to get the ball inside. Um, and, you know, they were they were stopping ball reversals. They were getting guys, you know, uncomfortable and out of out of their their element because you, you really couldn't get the ball movement the way that we like to do that. Um, part of that is Texas has a lot of athletes um, who can get out on the perimeter and really get in your face. Um, not every team in the country has that. I think Kentucky does, you know, Casey Wallace um, is exceptional defender and somebody I've really enjoyed watching this season so far. Um, but I, I wonder if maybe, you know, the depth, on that perimeter defense isn't quite the level of what Texas was bringing. So we'll see, you know, whether that concept works out. I also think it's going to be really interesting to see how, uh, how Kentucky kind of attacks our defensive system. Um, you know, that, that, you know, false motion, uh, diamond, um, what do they call a ball weave offense? Um, right. you know, how, how Cal party likes to kind of weave guys in and out. Like that's a really interesting system and it will be, it'll be interesting to see how our guys hedge out on that, how they, you know, close out on some of those guys that, that pop out and, and get those open looks. Uh, and then another thing I was reading something, it was a, he might've been a Gonzaga fan or something. It was a report. He, he thought that, you know, that, Gonzaga would have trouble with some of Kentucky's wings Sunday, the way the how they're bigger a little bit, and that they would struggle a little bit with some of Kentucky's guard play. Um, what do you see in that matchup? Do you see Kentucky having an edge there, or do you think that's even? Or yeah, I I think uh, I think it's you know it's kind of I don't know if they're necessarily bigger. I think they're not too much bigger. They may be a little bigger here and there, but. <laughs> 
um, I think really what it comes down to is more about, you know, how, how our guys are able to, uh, you know, watch out for, for Kaysen coming in and trying to get the steal, um, you know, creating turnovers, you know, that's been like our big problem so far this year. We are not protecting the ball. So if Kentucky is, you know, really, uh, really aggressive in, in the lanes and trying to, uh, create turnover opportunities and you all get the better of us and stop us from being able to get the ball moving around that that's where I think things could fall apart for Gonzaga that being said you know I think also part of it is just simply this team is just it's there's growing pains they're learning how to play together and uh they don't quite yet understand exactly you know which which angles to go at. I also think it's going to be really interesting to see how Mark decides to use the pick and roll um, in this game because that's been a strength for Gonzaga in years past, but so far this season we haven't seen uh, exceptional play in the pick and roll yet. Well, I'll say this on the pick and roll. Um, <clears throat> Kentucky the last couple of two or three years has really seemed to struggle defensively against the pick and roll at times. So... That'd be definitely something to uh, look out for on Sunday because, you know, you got to hedge out a little bit on that pick and roll and still be able to know how to get back, be quick getting back after the hedge out. And sometimes Kentucky struggles with that. So that will definitely be something interesting to, to watch on Sunday. Something. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, uh, agreeing, Absolutely. Yeah, there's something that kind of that hit me before the show, you know, with with you, Josh. You know, Gonzaga's got a rough schedule coming up. Kentucky's got some tough teams coming up. What's crazy to me is one of these teams is going to have two losses already in November. Right. And it's it's and people's going to be like, well, if Gonzaga loses, the world's in. If Kentucky's lo- loses, the world's in. No. You're going to find these games in November where they're not really going to matter. They'll matter for the selection show and, and, you know, win these games on these neutral courts and whatnot. Not saying it's a neutral court in Spokane, but it's, it's more or less a home game for Gonzaga. But I think it won't matter in the scheme of things once the tournament starts because it's a different thing. It's a, it's a zero, zero, zero type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think one loss in November is going to make everybody, you know, lose their mind, you know? Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, for, for personal reasons, I would love to win against Kentucky for, you know, as we've discussed my relationship, uh, you know, spending a long time in Kentucky, wanting this game for a long time personally. <laughs> right. But, but that being said, I don't view, if we were to lose to Kentucky on Sunday, that's not, like you said, it's not an end of the world situation. Um, these are specifically put in place by both coaches, these games, to test their teams, to get these guys to learn and see how they can react to different styles of play, different levels of athletes. Um, you know, in the case of Kentucky, Oscar Shibway and Drew Timmy is one of the premier matchups that we're going to see all season amongst Absolutely. I agree two with of the that top 100%. five players in the nation. So, you know, that's that's a huge thing. And it's, you know, it's it's going to somebody's going to get the better, but it's not going to be the end of the world, like you said. You know, and, and, and again, I think sometimes fans uh, get a little bit out of shape about how a team comes out one night versus the other, you know, that we were very flat 
against Texas, and part of that was Texas's scheme. Part of it was just we weren't playing as crisp as we normally do. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not upset about it. I Actually, I'm excited to see how we come out against Kentucky on Sunday. It may not go well or it might go great, you know, and then and then we were right back at it again with the PK-85 next week in, in uh, Portland. So, right. you know, just – a lot of tough uh, matchups to test concept, test out personnel, see how these guys interact with each other, and uh, hopefully they'll grow as the season goes on. I have one thing. Qu- I have one thing question. I mentioned. Oh, go ahead. All right, I have a little question for you. So, the other night against Michigan State, Kentucky struggled. Actually, well, Kentucky struggled, but um, C.J. Fredericks specifically struggled because Tom Izzo had somebody absolutely shadowing every single move he made um, around screens, through screens, running all over the floor. I mean, there was somebody in his shorts basically the entire game, and CJ CJ struggled with that. Does Gonzaga have a guy that's capable of that? Yeah, our – our uh, lockdown defender would be Hunter Salas. Um, you know, he he's I would say he's one of the better lockdown defenders in the country. He just has not yet had a, a chance to really play a lot. Um, so he's kind of a he's a negative on offense right now. You know, Texas kind of slacked off of him. If you watch uh, that game and you key in on number five for Gonzaga and just kind of watch how they defended him, yeah. it was almost like they, they went under every single ball screen. They yeah. they would they would leave six, seven feet between him and the perimeter. They did. They didn't uh, care. Like they were like, just shoot just because just shoot the ball. Right. He, he's a negative on offense right now, but on the defensive end, he's our, he's our best lockdown defender. He's the guy who's going to shadow people. He's going to be in your grill. Uh, he creates a lot of turnovers when he's at his best. And I think he could be that kind of player, you know, against CJ Frederick or even maybe Antonio Reeves, just depending upon, you know, who Mark wants to key on. Right. I'll say this, going back to, you know, the Texas game, this probably – and, you know, I look at it, you know, a lot, there's a lot of Gonzaga fans upset, mad, but we got to look at it. This might be the best Texas team they've had probably since Kevin Durant. Absolutely. Um, Based on talent, you know what I mean? And it's not it's not going to be a horrible loss come tournament time because Texas is probably going to be a high seat. No, absolutely. And, and really, if you go back to last season, we did the same thing to Texas last year in Spokane. We uh, punched him in the mouth and did not let off the gas the entire game. Timmy scored like 37 points in that game, and we just we manhandled them. And they came out this year, and this was like their game on the schedule, circled. They knew that they had a chance to – you know, really come out and, and make an effort and, sh- and show the nation what they're capable of uh, in their brand new arena with all their students there. Right. And Chris Beard did that. And he proved that Texas is probably one of the top five, seven teams in the nation, no doubt. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I watched the Michigan State Gonzaga game too. Uh, and, you know, I, in that game, you know, they. Kentucky and Gonzaga both have a common opponent with Michigan State already. And, you know, I actually thought that both teams kind of struggled to score a little bit in that game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we played Michigan State, it was outside. It was on an aircraft carrier. There was some wind. It was a little cold. 
Um, and those types of things really affect how teams shoot. If you go back historically and look at those games specifically uh, that have been outside, they, you know, all the teams struggle to shoot the ball in those games. So what Michigan State did, and I give credit to Tom Izzo for this, he had experience coaching in these games before. And he said, you know what, we're not going to guard the perimeter. We are going to go under every ball screen. We're going to give everybody five feet. Uh, we're going to pack the paint gives Sissoko as much uh, help as possible. And as a result, Sissoko looked like an All-American in that game, in my opinion. He was fantastic. He used his strength, um, you know, his his, uh, uh, shot, uh, uh, rim protection, and he was just – he was an excellent player in that game. Maybe the best game I've seen him ever play. Well, he looked Um, pretty good also in the U.K. game after – Sheebway fouled, fouled out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's you know, that was a a, a big uh, negative for Kentucky in that game, you know, yeah, once you got to the overtime period. Uh, yeah, when, when Sheebway fouled out, he, he had two or three dunks and two or three big plays, you know, rebounds and stuff after that. And he, he yeah. looked great for five minutes, you know. One, one, one more thing before um, we kind of clear up the interview, you know, the thing that kind of on both sides that we that can't afford to happen that happened in the Michigan State game that happened in the um, Texas game is breakdown on defense like mistakes turnovers. Um, you know you've seen it. You know late in the Michigan State game, Kentucky, where they left guys wide open on the goal. I think this is one of them games where you can't let that happen because. On either side, if that does happen, one of these teams is going to get out to a 10, 12 point lead. Right. Yeah. And the, the lack of, um, of scoring punch that Gonzaga has had this year thus far, which is very uncharacteristic of this program. Um, you know, that's, that's something I'm watching. I want to see how we react, um, how we come out after being punched in the mouth on Wednesday. Um, you know, I want to see, are these guys going to come out with crisp passes, you know, real quality backdoor cuts, you know, things, things that we normally have integrated into our system that for whatever reason just haven't been there thus far. I want to see that happen in this game. If they don't, I think Kentucky could win by a, a good margin. If they do, this is not only going to be a close game, but, you know, Kentucky could run into some of the similar problems we did against Texas. You know, it's really who who's going to have the hot hand, who's going to be crisp, who's going to be making the right plays, who's going to protect the ball. That's right. the big thing in this matchup. You know what's going to be fun about this, though? You know, they put it at the right spot. You know, it's the week before Thanksgiving. You know, there's NFL on, and then you have then you get the, the primetime slot with Kentucky and Gonzaga. You know, everybody's going to be like, well, we're, we're snowing watching the football, NFL, the daytime games. Now we get to sit back and watch Gonzaga and Kentucky play. Right. I think they put it in a perfect spot. And it's a big game. I mean, you know, um, like he said, this is, this is not a game that we normally see in the, on the schedule. And for Mark View and Calipari to get together and scratch out a six year deal. For UK and Gonzaga to play each other over the next six years is is a pretty exciting thing for college basketball. A hundred percent. I this this like I said, this is the for personal reasons. This was the game that I've always wanted, and to get a chance to watch this happen over the next six years 
um, is going to be spectacular for me. Um, you know, as a, as a college basketball fan, as a Gonzaga fan, as somebody who's lived in both Washington state and Kentucky, um, you know, I, I can't be any more excited than getting to watch these teams play. I think it's huge for college basketball to have these two teams match up and play and not just this one time, you know, on Sunday, but that it is set up for the next six years. It's huge for college basketball, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, so I guess one of my last questions for you, um, exactly how long has Drew Timmy been at Gonzaga? So he's a true senior this year. <laughs> he's been, this is his fourth season. Are you um, sure about this? Absolutely. <laughs> he, uh, he actually still has one year of eligibility remaining thanks to COVID. Oh so my goodness. Are you kidding to me? Come back next year also. Wow. Yeah. So he still has his COVID year? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, this is only his fourth season. So I was actually joking the other day about Timmy. I said, you know, He's he's probably been there since the Obama administration. <laughs> <laughs> I was having weird. a good chuckle out of it. It's weird how how people think that Timmy is that old. I think some of it has to do with his facial hair, um, and probably. how much of a grown man he looks like when he's playing in the paint. But uh, you know, also it, the fact that Gonzaga has just been front and center on national television. Uh, in front of everybody's eyeballs for the last, you know, three, four years as one of the top rated teams in the nation. Um, just kind of, it, it go, it speaks to the level that this program has, has gotten to, uh, versus where it was maybe a decade or, or more ago. Right. Yeah. You're, you're definitely right on that. I mean, being out front and being a top five team, basically the last three or four years, um, with Timmy on the team, it definitely, you know, put him in the spotlight. And uh, he's been the best player for the last now this this year will be three years. So, uh, you know, on Gonzaga's team. So, I, you know, part of that was just a little jab, a little joke. So, no, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, did you know, did you know Sheboy is actually older? <laughs> Sheboy, yeah, because he transferred, set out and everything else. So, yeah. He, yeah. I technically he would have a COVID year available too. I think. Does he? Yeah. One thing yeah. I love about about Timmy, one thing I love about him is you know everybody don't like him, but he plays the game the right way. Yeah. And he don't he don't show off. He just he do, he just plays his game, and that's what we miss a lot in college basketball. You know, just guys going out there and giving it their best, no matter if they're. You know, if he don't score a lot of points, he goes in there and he fights regardless of what size he is. Right. And that's what I love about him, you know. And a lot of people didn't like him during that Final Four because everybody thought he was a hot shot. And I said, listen, the kid is playing hard every single game. Um, you know, he's he's a fighter every single night. He plays I would love with to have desire. Him. He plays with desire and passion. He really does, yes. And you can't. As a as a basketball fan, if you can't appreciate that, then there you have an issue. If you ask me, yeah, absolutely. I think you know he he was maybe born about twenty years too late for his skill level to transfer or translate at the uh, you know the NBA level. Right. But um, you know, had he been born back in you know twenty thirty years ago and played back in the seventies and eighties in the NBA, he would have been you know, like a Kevin McHale or something type, you know, in, in the league. Right. Uh, but, but let's be real. 
what does that mean for us as as college basketball fans? Well, we get to see more of a, a player at the peak of this level, um, you know, a year when most people would have been gone in years past because of NIL, he gets to come back and do these magical things on the court. Same thing with Oscar Shibwe. Um, I don't think I've been more excited to watch college basketball coming into a season than I have been this year with the level of talent that we're seeing top end talent guys coming back like Baycott, Shibwe, Timmy, uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, you know, like amazing right. player, Hunter Dickinson, you know, how many absolute. amazing bigs do we have in college basketball? This hey, year? it's absolute. I've been a college basketball fan all my life. I've been watching it since the 79, 80, 81 season, somewhere in that range. And I will agree with you 100% this year and the things that's going on for college basketball and having guys who are now making little money, money come back and continue to be in the college basketball realm. It really is wonderful to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to build this game up and I love college basketball. College basketball is my absolute favorite sport. And, uh, I'm looking forward to this season. I'm looking forward to the UK Gonzaga game and, I agree with you that Timmy Shibway matchup is going to be one hell of a matchup to watch on Sunday night. Absolutely. So, uh, John, you got anything else you want to add for Josh? I'm good, man. I, I just appreciate him coming on. I mean, I've, I've kept up with you quite a bit over my time and I love how passionate you are about the Zags. Like you're, you're the same way I am with Kentucky. Um, I, I pretty much get, into my feelings sometimes and you know if they lose i'm kind of depressed for two or three days but uh, see in basketball i'll be honest with you football is a little different because one game you're done basketball you lose one or two games you're still in the thick of things right you know and that's what i love about basketball you know football you lose two or three games and you're just you're settling for a for a toilet bowl you know what i mean In basketball, you win, you lose two or three games, four games, you can still win the national championship. Yeah. And that's, that's what, that's one of my favorite things about college ball and, and just seeing your passion, passion for the Zags kind of, it makes me want to be more passionate for Kentucky the way you do with the Zags. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I agree. College basketball, the postseason, the March Madness is the greatest postseason in sports, period. It doesn't get any close uh, to the, the level of awesomeness that we get to experience during March and April every year. And, um, you know, I think that just informs uh, how the seasons progress. And, you know, like like you said, losing a few games, it's not the end of the world. Kansas lost, I believe, six games last year, and they won a national championship. Right. Um, right. You know, and that, that just speaks to the level of competition they face in the Big 12. Uh, didn't they lose to Kentucky at Lawrence last year? They did. Or, Pretty yeah, big. So, Pretty big. Exactly. And that just goes to show, like, how sometimes you could get smacked in the mouth and you can overcome that, become resilient, and show up in March and, and make a run. And, and it doesn't matter what you did earlier in the season, but it informed how you become as a successful team uh, in the postseason later in the year. I agree with you. There's nothing more magical than March Madness. I love March Madness, and I agree it's the the best um, 
ending tournament or playoffs or however you want to put it in in sports period i think um so i i, I want to say that i appreciate you coming on with us um you know talking about this game and uh even talking about the future of college basketball with this game over the next six years and stuff it, i think it's important for college basketball and uh i uh just want to say I appreciate you being on with us, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And good luck on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hey, I'll say good luck to you guys as well. I'm, I'm a big Mark View fan as well. Um, you know that uh, Kyle Wiltshire transferred there. He was one of my favorite players and always yeah. always pulled for him. And uh, he, he he's kind of the, the cross between the two of us. He played for both programs. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we will end this, and I just want to say thanks again, man, and I hope you have a, a, a good evening. You too. Thank you. All right. Thank